welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. So, Phil did a great introduction this morning. And hopefully some of what he said has brought prophecy down off of a pedestal. Um, I don't know about you, but I, me growing up in church, I kind of ended up having this idea that prophecy was a super spiritual thing um, and you know it happened in my church but it was normally one or two people who would oft, you know they would be the ones that get up at the front and they would give the prophetic word to the church you know and, it, and for me I saw them as people of awe yeah. you know it's like up here um, and then I went to went to Toronto school of ministry and we had a week with um, a couple called Ivan and Isabel Allen who taught the prophetic and they, they still do teach it at that school and but they they go around the world just activating the, pre, the prophetic in people um, and churches and things and I remember being absolutely horrified at the thought that I was going to have to prophesy like it because I didn't feel like I was at the right level in my spiritual walk to be like someone who could prophesy. Does that, does that make sense? And so I spent that week begging God to make sure that they didn't pick me because sometimes they would pick out people from the group and have them come forward and get them to prophesy over people. And I'm like, oh, well, please don't let them do that to me. Unfortunately, they didn't. So um, God was very kind to me because I just wasn't, I was not ready. But if you'd have said to me that week that one day you're going to sit in front of people or stand in front of people and do seminars or, and teach on school of ministry um, or do encounter weekends or, you know, like um, retreat weekends, teaching how to hear God's voice and the prophetic, I'd have laughed at you because I didn't even think I could prophesy, let alone teach how to do it. So, so this is where I'm coming from. I'm coming from a place where, where I've obviously realised that I can prophesy. Um, and, and now I teach others to prophesy. So I don't know where you're at as individuals, whether you're sat there thinking, this really scares me. You know, like, is she really going to ask me to prophesy later? Because I am. <laughs> We're going to have a time of practising. And you might be thinking, oh, but it, it, really, it, it, it really is simply, because we all know we can hear God because last week we proved that, okay? Um, we all got to hear what he has to say to us as individuals. Now we can take that one step further, as it were, and hear what he has to say for others. And that is simply what prophecy is. You know, we're going to go into a little bit more detail about Old Testament prophecy, New Testament prophecy, who, what are prophets and, and all that. I'll talk about that tomorrow. Um, but, but simply put, prophecy is being a messenger. It's, God, what are you saying? What is your heart for this person? What, what, like Phil said, what is the truth about this person? They may not be acting in the truth right now, but how do you see them? And it's, it's sharing that. Okay. Rebecca's going to go through Corinthians and um, 1 Corinthians 14 in more detail, but just to, as, a, as a way of introducing what I've got to say, um, Paul 
is saying, he says here in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 5, I would like everyone to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than the one that speaks in tongues unless he interprets, right? So basically Paul's saying, I want everyone to enjoy the gift of tongues, but I would rather you enjoy the gift of prophecy, right? And he's not talking to church leaders, he's talking to the church here, okay? And then, and then he goes on to say, so you can all prophesy in turn. Um, and then in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, he says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Okay, especially the gift of prophecy. So Paul is, is, is throwing out an invitation there. He's saying, I want you to be eager for this gift. I don't want you to be passive and just think, oh, well, maybe, you know, God, if, if God just drops something in my mind, maybe I will share it. No, Paul's like, this is something I want you to, to be eager about. Um, and the, the Greek there is zealot, where we get, you know, zealot. It, it speaks of, in fact, I looked it up in um, eager, is to be enthusiastic and excited about something, okay? And to impatiently wait. So, so it's, it's like, like a, a child on Christmas Eve when they're, they're waiting for Santa Claus to come, you know, like they're, they're, they're waiting for their presents for the Christmas morning when they get to open them and, and the, the child, they're, they're excited and they're, they're giddy almost because they've got an expectation that Santa Claus is going to come and bring them a present and they're, and, you know, like you try and get a child to sleep on Christmas Eve, I'm sure. It's not easy, okay? So it's that just being, expressing enthusiasm stick interest and expectation and impatient desire to do something okay so so when Paul says I want you to be a zealot to prophesy I want you to he's saying get a desire that that causes you to be impatiently waiting for it you know like it's something I really 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 want you to do and it's something I really 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 want you to get really really excited about is basically what he's saying okay and I'm getting excited talking about it and I have to take the cardigan off as a result. Right. So, so that, that's basically, you know, some, Paul is in, inviting everyone, okay? So this is, this is something that should be normal for Christians. It should happen regularly within the Christian community. And already Phil's... Um, mentioned this earlier this this verse is 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3 but he who speaks or but he who prophesies speaks edification exhortation and comfort to men okay that's the purpose of prophecy edification is to build someone up exhortation is to honor and respect and and sort of elevate and comfort is just to to bring love and comfort to someone's heart when they need it, okay? That is, that's the whole reason why we are prophesying. So, um, the, the title that I was given for this session was Ways God Speaks. Um, now, the thing is, Phil already covered this on Friday, Thursday, whenever it was that he talked about how God speaks. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to whiz back over 
that list and, and, and just share some examples with you of how that's looked in, in my life, sort of, you know, like just how does it work for me personally? Um, and then we're going to go on to talk about the different areas in which prophecy can flow and can happen. Um, it's not just for inside the church building. It's not just for a Sunday morning. It, it really ought, ought to just be something that we do naturally, you know, in a conversation with someone. You know, God, what are you saying about this? What's your heart for this person? What's, what's it all about? Okay, so are you all with me? You're all wide awake after lunch. You're, okay, if you start to fall asleep, just, you know, and then, yep. So the Bible... Um, just for an example of that then, so I was um, just talking to God about what next and Andy and I were just having a conversation over there before um, about plateauing, you know, coming to, to where we feel like we've, we've hit a peak and, and where we're going from here and, and we were just saying that actually for us as Christians we, we don't need to plateau because Paul talks about us going from glory to glory so there's always there's always more and there's always you know something that God has got for us um for us to press into and Paul uses that language as well I press into what Christ has got for me so so I I kind of felt like I was plateauing um the beginning of the year and I was talking to God about it and I'm like what now what now and I felt drawn to Isaiah 54 and 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 it talks about Enlarge the border of your tent. Okay, this is just a prophetic word that was in Isaiah. And I felt God say, this, is, this applies to you in this season. I want you to think about enlarging what you do and, and, and sort of expanding. Um, actually, it wasn't at the beginning of the year. It was probably about this time last year I was talking to God about it. And so I'm journaling about this whole, like, enlarging it and, and over... I wrote out this verse in my journal and over the top I drew a picture of a tent just to help like visualise it when I'm flicking through my journal I've got a you know visual um, thing so I've got this red tent and I don't know why I coloured it red it's just interesting I coloured it red um, and, and so I've got this red tent in my, my journal and just have, you know began to pray into what God had been saying um, a few weeks later I'm having um, lunch with a friend and she gets, what's next on the list, she gets a mind's eye picture. Um, so she gets a picture in her head um, of, of an Arabian tent. And she says to me, I don't know what this is about, um, but God says um, that, that, I'm just to say this, I'm just going to say it, um, he's, he's got an Arabian tent for you. And I'm like, Arabian tent? And uh, it, initially I'm like, what? That's a little bit weird. What's that about? And so when she went home, um, I, I googled Arabian tents. This is what I found. Um, let me just... I'll have to show you, because it, it made me quite excited. I discovered um, that most Arabian tents, at least on Google that day, were the colour red. Right? And so I took a Photoshop of, of one of them. And it's massive, way bigger than the tent that I had in my head. 
right? So in my head, I had like a full birth tent, you know, big tent, and I'd stretched it out a bit. And I, I, but, but when she said, oh, no, Arabian tents, when I Googled Arabian tents, it was massive. And so then I, I'm suddenly realizing that God is speaking bigger than what I originally thought he was speaking all through a picture of a tent. Random. But it started from a scripture from the Bible that was a rhema word to me that I then in my head saw a red tent painted the tent in my journal and then now I've got a picture of a massive red tent so can you see how like God just uses normal things that picture the Bible his rhema word to me and I guess for those on the podcast I've just shown a picture of a big red Arabian tent So, so God just speaks in, in just different ways. It's just like he drops the thoughts into our heads doesn't as well. You know, like the mind's eye picture, the thought. Um, I know when, when I'm prophesying, often I, for me it's, it's the thoughts, it's words that come into my head. It's concepts and ideas that drop into my head as I'm prophesying. And then as I speak out, they just automatically then like develop and grow as I'm talking. But it's those spontaneous thoughts um, that he uses. Um, impressions. When it's interesting, when I had the interview, so I was an in, um, an administrator for Kingsway for seven years. When I came for the interview, um, they the sort of like the leadership of Kingsway were talking to me about who I am, what I'm doing. And, and one of them said, so if you had any prophetic words about coming to Kingsway? And my answer was no, but I just know that I'm coming because I had the impression. And I, but I don't know where or how the impression came. I just knew that it was right. And sometimes that, that's often how God speaks to me. I'll just know something is about to happen. And I, ask me how I know, I have no clue. But I just know that this is, this is it. So it's that impression. I think sometimes people will call it intuition. But often I, I feel like it's God that places that thought in, inside of us, that feeling that, that just, I just know. And I don't really know how I know, but I know this is what God is saying. As, as I'm speaking, the people like identifying with what, have you had that, you know, like pictures or thoughts or impressions? You've sort of, and you thought, where did that come from? Often it's God that's dropped it in. Dreams and visions. I don't dream very often, um, but when I do, I often write it down in my journal because um, you, often it'll be significant if I have dreamt it because I don't normally remember my dreams. But I remember one morning I, um, I woke with a dream um, and it's a couple of years ago now. No, it's a bit more than that, three or four years ago. I um, had the dream and we're talking around about October time. Um, and in the dream, I was packing my case to go to India. But in my dream, I was getting a little bit like, anxious because I'm thinking I've got to go now I've got to go now and then a friend says to me in the dream no you're going in January and then I calculated okay so I've got three months to prepare to go right and then I woke up and because it was so clear in my mind 
I wrote it down. I'm like, okay, God, if you've got something to say to me about India, then, you know, clarify it for me. That very morning, I, I had a letter from my friend from India um, telling me about a pastor's um, retreat thing in India um, and they were looking for speakers. And it was in January. I'm like, okay, God, I think you might be actually saying something to me here. So I've got two things. So I'm like, okay. And I, I always felt that God would say to me um, that when I travel to places like that, he would also always provide with me a traveling companion, um, just simply because I struggle a bit with bags and whatnot. And um, being a bit small, sometimes you can get pushed to one side in places that don't queue orderly. Um, so I need someone with me, particularly in India, because they're not very good at queuing. Um, I don't know if you've ever been, but they, it's quite scary, actually. They push you out the way if you're not careful. Um, so, so anyway, I'm like, OK, God, I will go in January, but I have to have someone come with me. And that's going to be a bit of a tall order because it's only three months away. And um, it's a lot of money, and etc. But then God dropped somebody's name in my head and I, I, it was Sarah. And so I, I thought, oh, it's a bit of a big ask. Anyway, I, I, I texted her and said, Sarah, um, I've just had this dream um, and I've just been praying and I've just feel to ask you, but no pressure, of course. Um, but do you fancy going to India in January? Now, she's, she's married, she's got kids um, and we were going to go for, you know, and I was thinking, it's a big ask and I don't know if she's going to, so I said, have a talk with God, have a talk with your husband and get back to me. Anyway, she got back to me. Yeah, I'm coming. So we went and we had a blast. So anyway. Uh, no, Sarah Green. Oh, Sarah, Sarah Green. Green. Yeah. And it was, it was amazing timing as well. Not only um, in terms of just, you know, being able to minister to the pastors and leaders, but we then um, spent the final week with my um, friend Raki and her husband and their ministry. And they, we got to do some quite remarkable stuff we went to a leper colony we went into the slums and sat with the girls who were learning to sew and and we just um spent just that that was a really precious time um and and also um Raki had, had a they had a young child um she was what six seven months old and Raki what there were certain things that Raki didn't quite know what to do about didn't have a mum um, they were missionaries from another part of India to there. So they were Indian, but they were living in an area where none of their family were. So she felt isolated and had all these questions about weaning and, and what do I do with? And, and, and Sarah, being a mum, was able to answer all those questions. Um, and then the gift that we gave them for putting us up in their home covered all the medical bills for them to be able to get the child immunised. And, and it, just, it was just perfect timing for them as a family um, and I think, you know, God took us there probably for them as much as for anything else that we got to do while we were there. So, so that was, that's just an example of, of just how God spoke in two dreams. Um, and I share that because that was quite an exciting like, way that, that God spoke to me at that time. then maybe you should just grab one, write it down and journal about it and see if God's got anything to say. 
some dreams are because we ate pizza the night before. Some dreams are because we've got an active brain. Um, I think we all dream, but we don't probably still dream, but don't remember them. I very rarely remember dreams when I wake up. It's like, um, but, but then some dreams are from God and it's just okay. So if, I mean, maybe you could just ask God, God, when you speak to me through my dream, make it clear. I didn't plan any of it, and you know, it's just like amazing. But um, yeah, that was cool. So it was obvious that that one was special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So ask him to speak to you through your dreams, and but but ask him to make it clear that when it is, you know, like so you'll sort of like. Uh, everyday objects. It's just. Maybe we'll practice doing that later. But but God can God can take His word and He uses you know Rhema word through anything. Sometimes you know you you'll walk ride past a, a notice a billboard or something and it it'll say something and it'll be like ping you know God's speaking to me. Um, that was one. I mean, one of the, the more significant things that, that God spoke to me um, a few years ago was through a movie. Um, and I, I often use this as an example because it was kind of life-changing for me. Um, and it was through the movie Princess Diaries. And it's about this girl who, um, she is a princess, but she doesn't know she's a princess because her parents had got divorced and her mum had taken her off back up to the states and um yeah 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 so so she's she's like a, a she doesn't know she's a princess but she's always been a princess and it isn't until grandma comes along and says okay so sadly because your dad's died you're, you are now heir to the throne and therefore you need to come back with me so that you can become queen sort of um, so she, but she's got to learn how to be a princess, and that's what the movie's all about. Her, all the the ups and downs of learning how to be a princess. But I'm sat there in the movie, and I just felt God say, "That's you. That's you. You've always been my princess, but you haven't got a clue as to the authority and 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 what you carry inside of you, the royalty that's inside of you. You have no idea. Like you know, you let things happen, and and you know." bullied at school, felt this big sometimes, didn't feel, you know, I had an inferiority complex, if that's the right, yep. Um, but God's like, you're a princess. And that began the journey that I was on then to get healed up 
from all of that and, and bring, he brought me into this place of, of knowing who I am in him, okay? But that was through a movie and I was at the cinema, okay? I mean, that was another thing. Growing up, I was told you can't go to the cinema. Um, and then here I am in the cinema and God's changing my life. You know, it's like, <laughs> um, I know, isn't it? Um, and then through nature, how often I've, you know, like I've, I've just like been on a walk somewhere and I've seen a flower or, or a butterfly and it's just taken my breath and I've just like, just it kind of, the whole of nature, Paul says, is pointing towards God. And I don't know if you've ever, ever that's ever happened to you where you've just gone, oh God, you're just so amazing. You know, like the thunderstorm that we had the other week, it, it was a massive thunderstorm that lasted about two hours. I just stood there at the window going, God, you're so powerful. You know, if this is so as noisy and all it is is a bit of electric, how powerful are you, God? And I got really kind of excited with this thunderstorm. Um, but God can speak through nature and he, can, he displays him, his character, he, who he is, is displayed in nature. Okay, so he can speak to people through nature. The audible voice of God. I've not heard that, but I have friends who have heard it. A friend, two, two people actually who became Christians because they heard the audible voice of God. Um, a guy um, down in Oxford Way, um, professor actually, he, he got to the point where he was contemplating suicide, but he'd gone into a cathedral and was stood in the cathedral and God spoke to him audibly about him being son. You are my son and I love you. He turned around and there was no one there. And that started his journey into the kingdom. Okay. And of course, he didn't, he didn't commit suicide. He came to Jesus and, and God sort, you know, helped him and healed him up. Angelic visitations. Again, I haven't had a messenger angel come and speak to me, but people do. It happened a lot in the Bible, and it still happens today. Um, okay. And I've just got journaling. Write it down. Get a, if you, have you all got a journal now? You don't have to show me. But if you haven't got one yet, get one, Okay. Get uh, something that you can record God's, what God is saying to you, okay? That's your personal one. So, coming back to what I was saying at the very beginning, um, it, prophecy isn't this elevated thing. It's something that, that, that is supposed to just be part of our everyday life. Because God's interested in our everyday life and, and he's got something to say about our everyday life and he, he interacts with us and he partners with us and he shares life with us, okay? So, so when we talk about prophecy, it can be used in so many different various ways and I've got a list, and, but this list is not all of the list, you know, like it, it's endless really, but I just want to expand some of your your concepts, your thoughts of how do, you know, when do I ask God a question? When, when can I let the prophetic flow? 
and I, I've got a list and they're not in any particular order so no no one is any more important than the other I just happen to write, write them down um, but intercession um, basically intercession is praying on behalf of someone else um, that's what intercession is so you know I've been interceding on behalf of my mum this week who has been in hospital having had that accident and and you know like I'm praying for a speedy recovery so I'm interceding on her behalf and the use of the prophetic is really quite significant in intercession so so often um, as Christians we get so carried away at just firing our wishes and desires out there without actually talking with with God about stuff so so intercession when we're praying on behalf of people it's like god what is your heart for this person what is it that you desire for this person and let me partner with you in bringing that about that that's basically what intercession is is partnering with god to to speak out and declare and bring into in into reality what is on the heart of god for someone whether that's bringing health and wholeness or emotional you know whatever it is so and I think Phil touched on it earlier when he was saying you know sometimes you get a word of knowledge about someone usually I have found that when I get a word of knowledge about someone it's mostly because God wants me to partner with him to pray for them it's not for me to go up to them and say God's just told me that you're doing this this and this you know, you've got an issue with that or whatever. It's so that I can be praying that they have revelation and that they can have the strength and the power to step out of what they're stuck in and walk into freedom. Does that make sense? And worship again, you know, when we, when we come to spend time with God in worship it's it's our hearts cry up but it but often it, it sort of like circulates back around and the prophetic can flow in worship and I don't know are there any budding worship leaders are there worship leaders here I know we have a musician already you can prophesy on your violin even you know I really believe that that we can shift atmospheres as as God comes on on a musician and, and a worship leader and they just begin to speak out the truth or play you know just what's on their heart before God it can shift and change change atmospheres um, I know I I'm played the flute and and I know there's a difference between when I'm I'm just playing and worshiping to when I just suddenly feel that that like lift and I can feel his just it's like the presence of Holy Spirit come and I start to play and I, I can feel the difference in me and then, and then I look out and I see the people and, and something happens in the atmosphere and I can see people engaging in a deeper, in like a deeper level um, with God as they worship him because of the anointing that comes upon the musicians and, and sometimes when I'm playing the flute. So if you are into, well, everybody, we, we are worshippers, okay, but whether that's singing or whatever, let's just engage. What is on God's heart? What does he want to hear right now? How does he want you to, to just engage with him and worship him? And what's he got to say back in that, in that whole atmosphere of worship?
You with me? Good. Counselling or simply sitting down with a friend and, and them sharing their heart with you. You know, they've got this issue and, and sometimes I'm like, I sit down with someone and, and the first, what I am doing whilst they're talking often is I'm just saying, God, watch your heart, watch your wisdom. Give me wisdom, give me insight into what to say next because they're looking at me for advice or whatever and I want to give godly advice. I want to give wisdom that's coming from the heart of the Father, okay? Um, I, I, my background is social work. So I was a social worker for six years or so, um, trained. Um, and I could spend hours and hours and hours with people talking through their stuff. And then you'd see them again and you'd spend hours and hours and hours. But never really get into the bottom of what's going on here. What, how do we actually step out of what, what's happening? And, and, then, and then I discovered the whole process of, of partnering with Holy Spirit. And I do a lot of prayer ministry like Sozo or whatever with people now. And that is basically just talking with God rather than me trying to come up with the answers, it's finding out from God what, what are his answers. And I tell you what, it's way quicker. <laughs> like God is just so much more wiser than I am. Um, and it, it works so much better when, when we partner with him. It's beyond psychology. It's beyond psychology, yeah. But sometimes he uses psychology. There's nothing wrong with psychology. Um, but, but God just knows the heart. He knows the root, he knows the reason, he knows what we're lacking. And so when we're just partnering with him and we're helping whoever we're talking to, partnering with, with God to find out what is the solution, he gives it and it's, it's great. It's so much easier. So like I say, whether, I mean, whether you're an official counsellor or whether you're just sat with a friend, and they're pouring their heart out and you're thinking, I have no clue what to do. Just be saying, God, give me, give me your heart. Give me words of knowledge. Give me words of wisdom. How do they step out of this? And, and he will. He'll partner with you because his desire is for his people to walk in freedom. Way more than my desire is. You know, that, that's his heart. So if you're going to ask him to partner with you, he's going to be like, yes, I will. No problem. So art and creativity. Are there any artists in the room? You like doing art. You, you're an artist. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, sometimes we get schools and like half the school is just like really arty and the paintings are all over the place, and then and then the schools are different. So so we've got a couple of people who like art, and um, but but use your art, engage with with God whilst you're arting, what arting, painting. <laughs> Enjoy, just and and let the prophetic flow through through pictures. And you know, um, Mark is good at that. Mark Cleaver, um, he he actually uses his art sketchbook to prophesy a lot. And it, but it's really quite powerful. I've you know I've, I've sat with him. We've been prophesying over someone, and he's been I've been like sharing what's on my heart for them. And then he's been like 
looks like he's just scribbling away and then next minute he produces this picture and then as he shares the picture the person's just like I mean the, when we were in Liverpool the other week in the summer the person was just overcome by this little picture simple picture but but God can use art he can speak through pictures and paintings and um, exactly yeah so so yeah if you you know if you're creative great go for it expand it let you know let God speak through your paintings um teaching preaching um I don't know whether you'll get opportunities probably on outreach you may get an opportunity to share and and teach or whatever um don't try and do it by yourself let the prophetic flow in your teaching be asking god what's on your heart for the people i'm about to teach today you know what what we're going to this church and and what do you want to say to them what and let the prophetic flow so often i've i've gone to a church and i've preached and the people have come up to me and said do you know what the preacher last week said exactly the same thing think god's speaking to us about this you know like or i was just thinking about that last night isn't that amazing and, and because god's rhema word it's alive it's active and 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 when we we just say you know like invite him into our our preparations and and our session it will speak to people it will become alive for them Just examples of evangelism, just sharing what is on God's heart. And Phil talked quite a bit about that this morning, didn't he? Just, what is God saying about this person? You can, you know, like, just words of knowledge and love and, and his heart for them. Um, so many times, I mean, uh, we're, like that when I was just talking about Mark, um, the whole group of us came from Kingsway, to, to Liverpool um, in the summer and we, we did, we sat in the corner of this like, um, they, they were having this fun day for the community and they had a prayer prophecy corner and we ran the corner and we just had the privilege of people coming, um, just sitting down and half of them like, and got a clue what, you know, what is all this about? Who are you? You know, like, um, what do I have to do? You know, like they sit there and be like, what do I have to do? And it's like, nothing. We're just going to, you know, pray over you and, and prophesy or, well, just see what God has got to say for you. But it's just, it, it's just a really beautiful tool because when you begin to, to share the heart of God with someone, they just, they just melt in front of you. You know, like you can see, you, you can just see that the, the, counten the countenance on their face, the look on their face, changes as you convey the heart of the heart of God to them whether that's through words or pictures or drawings or wherever it is you know like you're just sharing what what God is saying and we are going to be talking I think Friday I'm going to go through a list of some things to avoid 
when you're prophesying. Um, but just doing it normally, being normal and, and caring and loving and just letting the love of God flow um, while we're evangelising, the prophetic's a powerful, powerful tool. Um, I've got here everyday life. The other week, my parents lost their salt cellar. They'd been, they'd had their lunch or dinner in the lounge whilst watching the TV, and the salt cellar had disappeared. And they, they had searched high and low for it. Um, it was really quite funny. In fact, my dad had even emptied the bins out to see if they'd accidentally put it in the bin. And I went to visit, and they're, go, they're telling me this story of the salt cellar, you know that. So I just said to my mum, did you ask God where it is? And she just looked at me, and she said, uh, no, we haven't done that. So I said, God, where is it? And immediately I got, it's under the couch. So I said, it's under the couch, Dad. And Dad said, I've looked there. I'm like, it's under the couch. Have another look. And we moved the couch, and there it was. It was under the couch. <laughs> so, so... I know it's a silly example, but God's interested in our life, right? Talk to him throughout the day, everyday life. He wants to be part of it. Right. What, you lost your salt cellar? No, I lost something and I was like, right, where is it, Lord? There is. Exactly. So. I looked through the whole house <laughs> and I couldn't find it. <laughs> as soon as I asked him, it was like, oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah. But, I mean... I know it's only a small thing, but it had irritated my parents that this salt cellar that was fairly new, and it was quite an expensive one apparently, had gone missing. But a prophetic word was the answer to that problem. <laughs> Daft as it seems. But, and, and I can think of numerous other occasions, and I'll just give you another one. Um, a while, it was a long time ago now, I lived in the church house. So the, the church had two houses side by side, um, and then they sold them ready for moving into a new building so but anyway I used to live there along with um and at one point I was there with Timo and Ruth and um, the iDestiny students of the newer schools and there was one and why they decided to do it in the winter I'm not quite sure but they decided to change the um the boiler and the the system in the winter so it's January and the plumber came, and honestly, it, it, it took him nine weeks. It, it was supposed to take, like, a few days, and, and for one reason or another, it just... But anyway, that, that's not part of what <laughs> the bit that I want to talk about. But um, we just got fed up with this whole, like, scenario. Anyway, there was one day that the plumber's in, and um, he's down in the basement, and suddenly there's, like, this drip... We're in the dining room and there's this drip coming from upstairs. So I called um, through the, the dining room ceiling. So I called the, the plumber up and I said, oh, we've got a leak. Um, it's got to be the, the water system or the, you know, the plumbing or whatever. So he goes up to the next floor and he's under the floorboards and he's forever trying to find this leak. He's really, really struggling to find the leak. So in the end, I'm like, okay, God, and God said to me, the leak's coming from the attic. The, the tank in the attic is leaking. So I said to him, 
have you checked the attic? Because I think it's coming from the attic. And he just looked at me. Now, I'm blonde, I'm a woman, and I'm small, okay? People look at me and they're like, you're not very intelligent, you, are you? Because you're blonde and you're small and you're just a woman. So he just looked at me in that condescending way and he's like, oh, it won't be coming from there, love. It'll be coming from under here. So I'm like, okay. He carried on looking and he's under the floorboards on his hands and knees crawling around trying to find this leak. In the end, I said, look, just check the attic, right? Because I knew it was coming from the attic. It's like it's coming down the door frame. It's walking along there and it's kind of shown me, okay? Eventually, he listened to me, went up into the attic and found it and then had to eat, eat humble pie um, and say, yeah, oh, yeah, you were right, love. It was there. I'm like, of course it was. <laughs> I've got the knowledge because I know the creator. Um, I don't know everything. But, but you know, like just in everyday life, if we, we can't find an answer to something or we can ask for wisdom. Peter says, if you lack wisdom, ask. And that's part of the prophetic gifting. We, we can use the prophetic, you know, tap into that gift and say, God, what is it? What's the answer? What's the clue? I have a friend who's an engineer and, and he's, you know, he, he says tongue in cheek and laughing. He's like, that I'm, I'm one of the best engineers in the company. Um, but it's not really me. It's because if I, don't, if I can't figure out the problem, I ask God and God gives me a solution. And so people look to him for the answers and it's not him really. It's God. You know, like it, we laugh about it a little bit, but it's true. You know, like he can, if he's got a problem and he can't figure it out, he talks to God about it. So everyday life, whatever it is, God has a solution or he'll work through the solution with you or he'll give you ideas. Um, I've put healing there. Um, I've, you've probably been in services where, where the person at the front's called out a particular problem or an illness and, and you know that they, they then come forward and then they get healed. So often God can use words of knowledge and knowledge and prophecy to, to show you something that somebody needs healing for. That's particularly helpful, um, for example, when you, you're ministering on the streets. You know, it's like, God, do they need prayer for anything? And then you could just say to them, this person, do you need prayer for your back? You know, just, and, and then you've got an opening then because they're like, yeah, I've just, and then you can say, yeah, God, just show me that. Can I pray for you? And A, that tells them that God's interested. Um, and, then, and then if God's shown you, then he wants them to be healed. So as you pray, there's going to be a significant healing take place. So practice that, practice words and knowledge. Practice on each other, practice on people in the church and then go out there and just enjoy using the gift. But don't panic if you get it wrong either because that's happened before as well. Say, have you got a sore back? No, back's fine. Okay, no worries. <laughs> and then carry on just loving them and, and whatever. To give strength... In hard times, I've gone out of order, but I'll come back to the other two. That's one of the reasons why, you know, God, you know, when it talks about excitation and comfort, comfort, God just, when, when we're having a difficult time, because life happens, doesn't it? You know, like, 
we live in, in a world that's not perfect. Um, it, it will be one day, you know, God is going to create, bring us a new heaven and a new earth, and we're going to step into that, that place of paradise, whether we're on heaven or earth. Wherever it is, we're going to be in the perfect presence of God with no disease, no sin, no sickness, no nothing, okay? But right now, we're, we're in a world that's struggling, and we're under the weight of the consequences of life and sin and death and all that. So stuff happens, and, and, but God is, is a God who wants people to be encouraged and strengthened, and that's his desire. Holy Spirit's title is Comforter. Okay, so, so he's into comforting people and giving them strength. So that's, that's a really big, big part of what the prophetic is about. Giving comfort, giving strength in hard times. And just a massive example of that um, from a few years ago now. Um, my mum was diagnosed with a brain tumour. And it was a serious one to the point that the doctors were concerned about it. It was in a very awkward position, um, going to be hard to move. And they weren't quite sure what course of action to take place. So they said, right, what we're going to do is just... We, we've got the scans, we're going to wait for six weeks and then see what changes there are on the scan as to what we do because we don't want to just dive in and, and try and remove it. So, so we then had this like, period of time where mum has this tumour, what are we going to do about it? So we set to praying. But a few months before that, mum had, had been given a prophetic word about increase in, in ministry. So, you know, mum and dad were about to retire and God was just beginning to show them some of the things they were going to step into upon their retirement. And it was all to do with being past, pastoring and, and opening up their home and counselling and et cetera, et cetera. And it just seemed like really big and exciting. And, and, and it's like, well, actually, you can't do that if you're dead or if you're brain damaged. You know, like it, that can't... You, it's going to be very difficult to to pastor somebody from the grave, you know, like or or if you can't speak or if you've you know you know whatever. So we took that prophetic word and we used it to build our faith because that was God's rhema word, and what was happening was contrary to what God has said. So it it conflicted, but this was the truth. What God has said was the truth. So, so we wrote out the prophetic word and we declared it. <coughs> and we decreed it over mum. And what, what happened was, as we spoke out that rhema word, faith began to build. You know when Paul says, God, that, that faith comes by hearing the, hearing the word of God, that word there for word, the word there for word, is rhema. So Paul, Paul is saying, faith comes by hearing the rhema word of God. Faith comes by hearing the prophetic word, basically. And so, well, spoken, the now word. So, so prophetic, prophecy is rhema. Uh, rhema, uh, ooh, that's a good question. R-H-A-M-E. R-H-E-M-A. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, R-H-E-M-A, Rema. 
but but that that basically means that the, what God is saying now for this minute, for this moment, for this season, to this specific person or this specific person group. Okay, so so God can take His Bible, the the Word of God, the written Word of God, and make it rhema, make it come alive, like like He did when I was just explaining before about the the tent. That was God's rhema word to me from the Bible. Okay. So the rhema word that we got from my mum was that she was going to increase in pastoral ministry. And so we used that and we spoke that over her. And as we did that, faith rose. And we then had faith to tackle the, the tumour and, and to begin to command the tumour to go. And basically what happened <clears throat> after the six weeks, she had another scan and it had gone completely without without any treatment without any there was no scarring there was no nothing and she she was sat before the consultant and he said he said to her this doesn't happen and I was like well it did and I can tell you why and she got to share with the consultant who was a confessed atheist um, that Jesus had healed her and and he, he said something really quite interesting he says well if ever I get sick to the point that there's no medical intervention I know who to call. I'm going to call you and your family. So, so although he's like, I don't believe in God, he's like, I'm not a religious man myself, he acknowledged that there was no other explanation. But it was because, <coughs> excuse me, my throat, <coughs> it's because that rhema word that came built faith. Um, and so, so that's the purpose, one of the purposes of prophecy I would yes, that would be really good actually. Uh, cup of tea or? Um, just water. Is there is there no water? water? Well. Just hot water will be, should be all right. Thank you. That might be a hot drink, but anyway. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, I'll put it down there while it cools a minute. Where am I? I want to give plenty of time for practice, so I'll just finish off shortly. Building up faith. Building up faith, yep. Thank you. So, so to give encouragement and strength and comfort. Um, and also, the prophetic, um, God uses the prophetic to help us focus on, on life and, and the direction that we're heading. Um, it, and the, the way I see prophetic words is, this isn't God saying you have to do this. You've got to, you know, like, I have prophetic words about being a teacher and, and going into ministry. And it, it wasn't God saying, this is what you're going to do. This is, you know, this is a given. This is definitely going to happen. It was God saying, this is my invitation to you. This is something that I think you'd be really good at, Anna, and I want to partner with you with that. And so, so when, when God started talking to me about going into ministry, it was to give me focus in life. And it was an invitation that I decided to accept and what then happened was different prophetic words began to confirm what was already on my heart 
um, was already building up inside of me. And so, so often when you get prophetic words or when you give prophetic words, people are smile because it's something that God's already said. Or they'll giggle, they'll give a nervous giggle because that's something that, you know, is building up inside of them already. I know that the first time I had a prophetic word about going into ministry, I'd had the thoughts and feelings myself and I'd shared them with my brother um, and I'd said to him, you know, this is what I think I'm going to end up doing. I've got this feeling that I'm going to be a preacher. It doesn't seem possible, but it's, it's you know, sort of kind of sitting there. I'd had a prophetic word about um, tremendous possibilities and so God had already been speaking to me and then I'm sat in, in the living room um, and two families had come together um, some close friends of ours that live away and they were staying for the weekend and, and we were sat and the, the evening turned into like a spontaneous prayer time um, which can happen when a whole bunch of people who are Christians are in one room together so anyway <laughs> we, we, we started praying and then my friend who I hadn't mentioned to anyone else in the room apart from my brother what was going on inside of me right so we're in the in the room and my friend started prophesying and she prophesied what was in my heart and so I started giggling and my brother like giggled a bit and looked at me and we laughed together and my dad noticed it and he's like what's that about and so then I was able to say to my dad I'd already just told Steve that that this is something that's stirring in my heart and she's just prophesied it so <coughs> often it's confirmation and and you feel your spirit rising inside of you because it's like oh that's that's really what I felt God was saying to me and now he's just confirmed it by somebody giving a prophetic word who had no clue that that was going on inside. And I love that. I love giving words and, and just seeing people get excited um, about them more and going, yeah, oh, how did you know that? Um, especially when they don't know Jesus yet. You know, like you, they're sort of like, you've just read my mind. Um, it's exciting. It's a great gift to have. Like I said earlier, it's for everyone. And then I've just added these on the end. And providing they are within the, the bounds of what Paul has said, edification, exhortation and comfort. God sometimes does bring predictions or warnings and just lets us know this is about to happen, usually so that we can stand in the gap and pray against it or, or you know, to stop it from happening. So, so sometimes God will show you something and it's not for you to spout, you know, stand up and this is what God is saying about this and, and if you don't do this, this is going to happen. It's, it's about your partnering with God. And if you do get something along those lines, then it's time to just spend some time with God first, asking him for wisdom, what to do with this. You know, like, I've, I, I, I've just heard this. God, what do you want me to do? And nine times out of 10, or 99 times out of 100, it will be so that you can get with God and pray and partner with him in prayer. Other times it might be because he wants you to share something. Okay? And that's why it's really important that, that we, we not only walk in the prophetic gift but we also walk in wisdom and we seek God for guidance as to how we how we say what we're saying so 
and as well, and, and I've got time to. I just feel to say it now. Um, I'll probably go back over it on Friday when I'm talking about do's and don'ts. But how you give a word is really, really vitally important. Okay, and the biggest key is we are conveying the heart of the Father. And Phil said it already this morning. God is love. Convey, uh, uh, we are showing. Um, sorry. Yep, thank you for asking. Do ask. If I say something and you think I haven't got a clue what you've just said, ask, okay. Um, so yeah, it's like we, we are demonstrating, we are reflecting the heart of the Father, okay. And, and as Phil said already this morning, God is love. That's what John says. You know, like, so if what we're saying doesn't carry isn't carried in love then then paul says actually you're a clanging symbol in 1 corinthians 13 you just like clang 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 i i when i was in india there was a festival going on um something to do with the educational god um and and they were all like getting busy worshiping the the education idol idol but as part of that, they had this clanging going on at the temple for a good two or three hours. It was just absolutely horrific, like just constant clang, 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 clang. And even with the windows shut, you could hear it. And I'm like, this is awful. And then God was like reminding me, yeah, that's what people sound like to me when they're prophesying out of love. It's just like words. It's an awful sound. It's a clang, clang, clang. And so, so whenever, whatever we are prophesying, we just, we just need to, A, receive love, because, like, we deserve love, um, but give love and do it through love, for love, from love, because God is love, yeah? It's just, just it's all about love. So if you, if you get a word of knowledge about someone and, and you know, you've asked God, about whether is it just for me to pray, and but you really feel that you need to just sit down and talk to them about something that you know they're struggling with. Be finding out from God, how do you want me to say this? What do I say? You know, God's shown you something. He also will show you the answer and give you keys to help them step out of what it is they're struggling with. But it has to be done with love. That's, that's if, if you learn nothing else this week, if you take nothing else out of this week, take that point. God is love and therefore I reflect him. And as I reflect him, whatever I do, and, and that applies to everything. You know, like when you, if you're praying for healing or if you're, you're witnessing or you're, you're counselling or you're prophesying or you're just doing life or you're having coffee or, you know, whatever it is, you're clearing the chairs away for, for Alice on a Sunday or whatever you are doing. It's all about love. At the end of the day, it's all about him pouring into us and us just letting that flow through us, okay? And then I will just finish with a funny little story about warnings. Because God gave me a warning one day. It saved my life. So, I think Chris will know this story because I tell it every time because it just makes me, like... It's quite a significant moment in my life um, because I could have died. So when I was at the School of Ministry in Toronto, um, I then stayed on as an intern. 
which meant that I had to live through a um, winter. I had to live through several winters, two, two winters, two and a half winters I actually survived in Toronto. And they, they really do winters over there. Like in, in England, we don't really do winter. If we get a bit of snow, we get all excited. Um, but <laughs> you probably get more snow in Germany, I think, don't you? But, but here, but they get snow in, like, it's up here. <coughs> and so they have these, like, big snow plows, like massive trucks that, that just push the snow to the side of the, the road. Um, but it means that the, the snow's, like, piled up to about here. Um, on the side of the road, which is fine for driving. Um, but if you go across the road, it's a little bit of a challenge, especially for little people like me. Um, so I'd come to this, I was walking home one day and I'd come to this, what was I come to term, determine or say it's like a snow mountain because it was a bit like a mountain to me, which I then would have to clamber over to get to the other side so I could cross the road to clamber over another one to you know carry on. And I get to, to the snow thing and I suddenly get the word in my head and it was almost like God pulled me back and he just said stop and it was like a warning stop and it was like really significant and so I stopped and then I stood there momentarily going why you know why why have I stopped what's going on um and as I'm trying to figure out why I'd stopped before climbing over this, this snow hill mountain thing, a massive truck came around the corner but missed the, the road and mounted the curb. Now, if I have hadn't have listened to that stop and stopped, I'd have climbed over or been in the process of climbing over and I'd been squished. And it would have been bye-bye Paula Jane, like, because there's no... It was like he just skidded around the corner. Um, at quite a fast pace and so sometimes you know God will give you a warning about something and he'll just say stop or or you know you need to act now or do this take note of of those times when you just hear that because he's there protecting you thank you for listening to the Destiny podcast for further information check out www.idestiny.org 